What up, everybody? Welcome to what is now episode 41 of Ambiance Podcast. My name is Levi Osborne. I'm the host. And with me for today's episode is the Devin Morrison. For those of you guys who don't know, Devin is a talented R&B artist out of Orlando, Florida. He currently resides in Los Angeles. And man, he has had a crazy story. I don't want to give away too much. I want to let you hear it from him. But basically, he went from teaching in Japan about two or three years ago to becoming the transcendent musician that he is today. And I'm telling you, Devin is going to do amazing and big things with his musical talents. So check him out after you listen to this episode. I'm going to leave a few links in the description so you can check out his work. He hasn't been putting out music too long, but what he has put out is really fire. So check it out. One last thing, um, the new Ambiance Do What You Love collection is out now. Go check it out at www.ambiancepodcast.com. We came with some heat for this collection, so go ahead and take a look and see if you like anything. But with that being said, let's go ahead and run this. Here's episode 41 of Ambiance Podcast with Devin Morrison. What's good, y'all? This is Devin Morrison, and you're listening to Ambiance Podcast. What up, people? Welcome to Ambiance Podcast. Today is a very special day. I got a guest named Devin Morrison. What's good? What's good? An artist based in Los Angeles, but from uh, Orlando, Florida, right? Correct. Awesome. So coming from Orlando, do you miss home a lot? Uh, not anymore. Not anymore? <laughs> I, I just went back um, maybe a few weeks ago. Okay. So, um, yeah, that, that kind of fixed my whole, you know, craving for going back home. I'm good now. <laughs> How often do you go? Um, I went back recently for the first time in like three years. In three years? Mm-hmm. So I was there for like a week. And then that kind of, you know, took care of, uh, you know, that. So I'm good now. <laughs> so you've lived in, uh, you haven't lived in L.A. during those th- past three years, though, right? No. So for a year and a half of that, I was in Tokyo. And then for the rest of that, I was in, I was in L.A. Okay. What brought, what brought you to Tokyo? Um, it, it was always like a childhood dream. Um, and then an opportunity arose for me to teach english oh so i did that for a while um got fired and then you know got fired again and then i was like you know what let me just you know do what i went to school for you know which is music and uh a few friends of mine who were artists were like you just you should just do music and just let that be that so yeah yeah. so in in orlando what's the music scene like out there Mm. um because from coming from here, like I don't really know much about Orlando. Is there like a good music scene out there? Yeah, there are some talented people out there. I mean, we we have a lot of special, like unique individuals, like you know Mo, Mo's dope, uh, Ao, the producer Ao and Keys. They mm-hmm. produ- they produce WAP for um, Cardi B and Meg. Um, you know, but i don't know it's very divided you know so i don't know some someone did a did an ill divide and conquer when i said <laughs> it's like everyone's kind of fighting each other to get to this place and nobody really wants to like work together you know really that's well at least that's my impression i could be wrong right you know but from what i remember and uh from what i can still see it's like it's not a whole lot of 
collaboration going on. Got you. And there's enough room for everybody to eat, right? Coming oh, from sure. Orlando. I mean, living out here in LA, you know, it's kind of where I realized that, you know, people actually yeah. will want you to, you know, be put on as well. So it's weird. H- have you have you heard of Kaylin Ellis? Yeah. From yeah, he's, he's from Orlando and No way. Yeah. Kaylin's Kaylin's from Orlando and he stays he stays out there right now, I'm pretty sure. He was on the podcast like a month or two ago. Kaylin's from Orlando? Yeah. Yo, no, I never knew. <laughs> That's why I was gonna ask you. I was just like, "Yo, are you guys? Have you guys ever worked together? Nah. Or cause some Orlando ties for you?" Because I've been hearing his beats. Dude's cold, like yeah, legit <laughs> cold. <laughs> it's dope. One of his biggest come ups was like the other month when he, uh, he's always sampling beats on Twitter, mm-hmm. and like they get mad love. And one of them got to Lupe Fiasco, and Lupe made like a track on his Twitter beat. Wow. And then they ended up linking up and then released the whole project, him, Virgil, Virgil Abloh, and Lupe from just like a, a Twitter tweet. That is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but he deserves it, man. He's yeah, talented. absolutely. I'm happy for him, man. I'm really happy for him. Definitely. Stuff. It'd be dope to see you guys work together maybe one day in the future. Absolutely. I would love to. Yeah, you guys would, mm-hmm. would be, a, it'd be a dope connection. But tight. awesome. There's a lot to talk about with you, Devin. Um mm-hmm. But first, I kind of wanted to start from, like, your childhood and mm. get to, like, what made Devin Morrison the amazing artist that he is today, right? Okay. So, how was childhood for you growing up in Orlando? Did you have, like, a big family? Um, It's three of us. It's three, uh, well, my brothers and I. It's two brothers and, uh, and me. Mm. And then my mom and my dad. Um, both my parents are musicians. Um, grew up in the church, so... You can imagine, you know, how that kind of goes. Yeah. You're surrounded by good music all the time. So, Were you in the choir? <laughs> nah. You were in the choir? <laughs> That's the funny part. Nah, I I played drums in church. Okay. Um, I wasn't, like, that great, but, <laughs> yeah, I played drums in church. And um, I, even though piano was my main instrument, you know, I was always too uh, afraid of playing in church, you know. Huh. Um. Yeah, it is what it is. But um, yeah, my brothers—they play instruments. My, both my brothers are good drummers, and um, they both made make beats, and they taught me right. how to make beats, basically. You know, so and a lot of the of the of your tracks are self-produced by you, right? Or most of them, all of them, almost. Pretty much all of them, yeah. Yeah. So, did you start? Um, being an R&B artist first, or did you start making beats first? Which one beats started? Beats first, definitely. Beats first? Yeah. At what age was that? I started making beats, for real, like around 12. 12 years old? Yeah. Yeah, that's when I started really getting into making beats. Uh, I got put on the FL studio back when it was like Fruity Loops. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was using that for years. And wow. Then I eventually got, you know, put onto a bunch of different DAWs like Logic and, you know, Ableton and pretty much learned all of them, um, except Pro Tools. Pro Tools I'm not really that that good at, but um, but now I use Studio One. Okay, That's my main one. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I've been I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twelve years old is pretty, pretty yeah, crazy to think about, man. Yeah, yeah. How do you how have you progressed since then? Like back then, you were just kind of like messing around with it, right? Yeah. And to the point where you are you are now, was there like a big learning curve to get through? And if so, like what helped you push through that learning curve? Learning curve in, in, in regards to beats or singing? Uh, beats. Um, I mean, it was very innate because. 
I had two brothers with very good taste. Like my brothers were playing Slum Village and stuff like okay. that, Common, and you know, just the roots. So that was always like in there, along with jazz and gospel. So you put all that together, and it's like, okay, all I have to do is just watch them, and it was making beats all the time. So I was just looking at them, and then once you're doing it over and over and over and over and over again it becomes pretty second nature so yeah and you could hear some of that those elements like in your music now right like mm. some gospel elements Word. you know what i mean r&b things right so praise the lord yeah praise <laughs> the lord <laughs> church but yeah you could you could hear some of that in your music so would you accredit some of that towards like your upbringing earlier in the day oh yeah for sure yeah because i grew up on you know richard smallwood and fred hammond okay commission you know a whole nine so yeah that just bred, totally. breaded you into what you are today, right? Mm -hmm. For sure. That's dope. So <laughs> at what point in your like childhood or adolescence years did you start to take music more seriously and think that like maybe I could do this for a living? 17. Um, I had a meeting with my uh, teacher. I was enrolled in a, um, a vocational school called Orlando Tech. Teacher's name was Glenn Fight. Shouts out. Shouts out. And um, half of the day I was there and the other half I was in high school. So at this vocational school, I was learning digital audio, how to use logic, Pro Tools, mixing. So uh, it's kind of funny how it all happened. There was a, uh, there was this cat named Ryan in class. He was, you know, he was like an R&B producer or whatever, but he was trying to make a little orchestral interlude or whatever and i remember watching him and being like i could do that <laughs> <laughs> what made you think that i could do that just like you know what? i don't know i felt like i have this weird competitive thing where i'm like if i could see someone doing something i'm just like oh i could probably do that better you okay, know what I'm saying? yeah like, yeah i feel it so you know shout out shout out to Ryan. <laughs> so i went to the computer next to him and i just started like you know making because i mean i grew up playing slow caliber so i was like i can kind of feed from that right i wasn't really into classical music yet at the time um but i made like a whole like little piece and it was called final valediction yeah remember that i don't know why i, call, <laughs> I don't know why i called it that <laughs> but uh my teacher was like like dang you could really do this like you should uh you should try to go to school for it and so at that point, I was like, okay, cool. I can make music for games and film. So I was really uh, excited about that. So we we started making a whole campaign for me getting to Berkeley. Mm. And so pl applied to my mom when we went to Berkeley. She was supportive. Um, had the audition. Got accepted. Way too expensive. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, especially because you're out of state too, right? Yeah. I could imagine how crazy those tuition prices are. Yeah, it's it's uh it's bits. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely bits. But um, yeah, my mom actually ended up applying for Oakwood University. Okay. For yeah, uh, their composition program, and I was kind of like, uh, I don't know, but I went. I was like, maybe I'll transfer in a year. Didn't do that. Um, the chairman of the department one day, he heard that I was trying to transfer. Uh, this is like once I'm in Oakwood. Uh -huh. And he was like, uh, he was like, hey, if there's anything that, you know, you want us to expose you to, you know, anything that, you know, we can show you that you want to, you know, get into, please let me know. Mm -hmm. 
in just that kind of regard for a freshman, you know what I'm saying, from the chairman, that meant a lot to me. So I was like, you know, I'll just write, write this out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do, you, do you think he just believed in you a lot? Yeah. That's why he wanted yeah, for to help sure. you out? For sure. He, sh- he showed that throughout my whole tenure. Like, he was always trying to, you know, give me a chance at something. That's know? important, man. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back to something you said earlier with uh, when you were 17, you know, that teacher – giving you that little boost of confidence yeah. and that's sometimes that's all it takes to take you like to where you're at you know what i mean to give you a little boost of confidence and that's why like it's so important for the youth to have mm-hmm. like really good teachers yeah. you know what i mean Absolutely. to encourage them because I, while there are teachers like that that have done good in your life there are mm-hmm. like other teachers sometimes that discourage students and may have blocked like a path that they yeah. could have went down you know what i mean i'm gonna make a bold statement i'm gonna say um if you're young and you're thinking about getting into music let college be your last option go what do you mean (laughs) yeah bold right (laughs) yeah i say that because first of all the first thing you need to do is figure out what you want to do like try at least have an idea of what you're trying to do have like a whole five-year plan it's going to change probably which is fine it happened for me um but do that if whatever you're doing requires you to get a degree, then fine, whatever. But if not, try to find a mentor. Try to find someone who's who you look up to, you know, who can teach you some things personally where you don't have to spend a bunch of money, put yourself in financial debt. Dude, that's my whole beef for college. Like, it's just yeah, financially not a smart decision. But, um, I mean, you meet some cool people, you know, but it's like f- a whole five years of your life, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I see people like, younger than me doing what i should have been doing then i'm just like okay well you know yeah yeah well it's all about learning from your lessons and spreading that knowledge which is what you're doing right now you know what i mean you know? by saying that even and it's a little nugget y'all yeah a little nugget a little gems devin morrison giving out gems man take notes <laughs> got some drops man need some drops yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love it i need to get some of that man hey shout out to zoom real quick um audio technology they're actually sending me some uh equipment Word. Where I'm gonna have some crazy buttons to Let's use. Let's go. And shit. That's I'm gonna, what's up. Man, we're gonna have to run this back in a couple of years. Like, I start using those <laughs> those gem beats. But yeah, man. Sometimes the college that does it is the way it's like the system is made is kind of flawed just because it's putting you in a debt for the rest of your life. You gotta play. You're ca- playing catch up as soon as you graduate, right? Yeah, it's a it's, it's a scam. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and plus, all the resources that you have now, there's a lot of amazing artists that never went to school for it because of YouTube University. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh like, my God. You, man, look, YouTube, bro. Yeah. I've learned so much on YouTube. <laughs> so, Keep it real. you probably have an interesting perspective on this since you went through the whole college route. Mm-hmm. Have you learned more from college or from uh, YouTube and using your resources? That's a good question because I've learned a lot in both. So it's kind of hard to say. Like, in college, there's more pressure for you to apply it. Um, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. With YouTube, it's cool because you're getting a lot of, you can get a lot of unbiased information. And I don't know, it's just, it's endless the amount of information you can get on there. You know, you can learn about mortgages. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like True. anything. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you do go to college, I th- I think what you should do is like go to your classes, absorb that lesson, and then go to YouTube and like 
do some more intel, see a yeah. different perspective. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. I feel it. Uh, and plus, there's some things that like you learn in college that you may not know the terms for them. You know what I mean? Like you mm -hmm. want to practice a certain skill and you want to learn it on YouTube. Be like, what is this even called? Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, right. so I think college does have an advantage in that sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and try to find a college that specializes on what it is you're trying to do. Because with universities, you'll be, you know, learning about what algebra and it's like yeah, i'm not gonna use this true, <laughs> you know what i'm saying very true, yeah. i'm never gonna use it, this there's a lot so much stuff that you don't ever use in life yeah uh going back to your career was there anything else that you ever wanted to be did or did you always kind of want to be a musician when i was a child i wanted to be a professional inline skater inline skater i was really that's rare i was really into inline skating um like I was doing grinds and all that like yeah <laughs> really what what inspired that uh this game called um jet set radio for sure after that game i got skates immediately like <laughs> i remember i played that game and i was like man i really want to do this like was, what <laughs> system was that on dreamcast dreamcast mm -hmm. that was the like one of the very first game systems mm -hmm. ever right not ever them. but you know it came out like 99 99 yeah okay yeah but uh yeah that game was a game changer you know that's that was kind of the initial spark with the whole tokyo thing got you mm -hmm. so you went to tokyo you said a year ago right mm -hmm. how was that experience like over there um it's a loaded question but <laughs> It was good. Um, I learned a lot. I would say that was the most formative year of my life, I would say, just because you're out in the wilderness, essentially. Like, you, no one knows you, really. So everything that, you're, that you've been taught throughout your life and, you know, all this stuff is coming to test. Like, okay, what are my actual morals? Because now ain't nobody watching me, mm -hmm. you know. So... But it was cool. Like I mean, I met a lot, a lot, a lot of great people. Had a lot of fun. Um, it was hard sometimes because, you know, for a majority of it, I was broke, like, yeah. real broke. You know, so that you know, being in broke, being broke in Tokyo is not. It's not it. It's not, the <laughs> it's not it. <laughs> you know, but I I met some very 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 valuable friends along the way, that uh you know I still dear to this day, so. That's dope, but you wouldn't trade that experience, right, for anything? Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, not at all. Yeah, it was very important. You you seem to have a lot of or draw a lot of inspiration from the '90s. Is there <laughs> like a certain uh, like element to that era that attracts you? Um, yeah, I just feel like the '80s and '90s were, and this is arguable, but I just felt like in a lot of ways it was more musical um hip-hop and r&b were taking more inspiration from soul and jazz you know what i'm saying as opposed to i feel like now well now it's better i think 2020 is a good time for music but at a certain point i felt like it was getting very very how do i say brand not brand but uh trend driven you okay. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Let's follow this trend. Let's do the way they're doing it. You know, like when Usher was dropping all those EDM joints, I was just like, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, a bit strange. I'm, I'm sure you made a grip, but it's mm-hmm. like that whole thing. So I, I enjoy, I just enjoy sonically, you know. Even though Pen Game in the 90s was kind of terrible, like people were not very good at writing songs, you yeah. know, as far as the poetry goes, but the actual beats and the, you know, the musical part of it was really, really dope. Or even like the culture from back then, because mm-hmm. I've, I noticed like even in your Tommy Strong uh, music video, you got like 90 sitcom. Yeah. shows you know what i mean yeah, so martin. yeah martin so you got like that whole element is it is that just like that whole kind of era that you like i mean you know it's this has kind of been a slightly annoying thing throughout my short career it's just like it's kind of being called the 90s guy really you know? yeah but it's like i get it though because you know that's what i was I'm the kind of person like whatever I'm listening to a lot of is what's going to kind of manifest somehow my music. So during the making a bussin, you know, I was just listening to a lot of obscure R&B records. You know, I'm just like, and plus I, you know, I put it out on NBN, and you know, Owen was really into uh, you know '90s R&B, and so it made sense. But got you. You know, um, I'm cool with people saying it for now. It's like sure, but. <laughs> At some point, they're going to realize that it's a little bit deeper than just, you know, the 90s. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So your creation process sounds like you're, like, very present in what you do, right? Mm-hmm. So where do you, where, how does your creation process work, like, when you get an idea for a track? Depends. Um, sometimes I'll literally be on a beach or walking or something, just random, and I'll have an idea grab my phone voice memo go home make it so there's been a few quite a few joints where i did like that um sometimes i'll make the beat first that's a little more rare these days um where i'll just like make a beat first and then you know write a song around it yeah um i i really enjoy the process of writing in my head and then like trying to conceptualize it in real life so yeah Okay, so we talked a lot about like how you got into making beats. Mm-hmm. At what point in your music mu- musician musical career did you start with vocals? Um, I've been self conscious of my voice for as long as I can remember. Um, my senior year of college, I tried out for this co- this choir in my college called the Aeolians. Technically the best choir in the world, you know, but it's neither here nor there. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, shout out the aliens. Um, I auditioned with them. Everyone was telling me that the conductor, uh, Dr. Ferdinand, would let me in just because he likes musicians in his choir. He likes people who have an ear and have good theory. So I'm I'm sure he wasn't like super impressed with my voice or anything, but he knew what I was capable of on a, on a compositional aspect and like theory so that is what kind of got me into singing kind of got me you know using my voice yeah um but as far as singing on my own stuff that started maybe right before i left for left for tokyo yeah Yeah. and then yeah i haven't looked back (laughs) Does, does the fact that you make your own beats like help you a lot yeah just with bringing your vision and your sound to life yeah i mean you know being a composer first I like control, you know, so I like to be able to, like, mix my vocals, record my vocals, write my song, write the beat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, 
I like having as much control as possible because I know what I want to hear at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, so. And I'm, like, very, very, like, kind of a brat when, <laughs> when you know, someone else is not doing justice to what I've, you know, so. Yeah. That must be important for you then for, like, who you work with, too. Because I know you work a lot with Mind Design and Joyce mm-hmm. Rice, right? So, like, are they very open to, like, your ideas and you guys work well together then probably, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Because, I mean, first of all, you know, Ringo and Joyce are, like, two of my best friends, so we're very very open to each other's ideas and we both respect each other as artists so it's like you know we know each other's strengths so we're list we listen to each other when you say like, eh, 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 maybe we should you know what i'm saying we'll, yeah we're all kind of humble and we'll go okay fine you know what i'm saying so and you guys have that like pre-established relationship prior to working together you know what i mean that you might not have with another artist yeah and that's what i that's what I prefer when I'm working with people. Like, it's always a little awkward when I'm just getting into the studio with someone and meeting them the first time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you're kind of like trying to microwave up a relationship. Facts. <laughs> you yeah, know facts. What I'm saying? It's like, I don't know you like that, but okay, <laughs> let's do this, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, me and Joyce, we got lunch twice before we did the music together. So. Damn, really? Yeah. That's dope. I feel like that's a. Uh, that's important in itself to get mm-hmm. to know somebody before you work with them. Oh yeah, for sure. How how did you guys link up? So when I got over here, um, the first day I got here, I linked up with Ringo um, because the couch I was sleeping on <laughs> was a couch that he slept on at one point in his life. So it's like, wow, yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, like a week into my stay over there, I saw Joyce was listening to one of my songs um that's all and you know she had tagged me and i was like oh shoot you know, i knew about her so i was like dang i was like what's happening <laughs> <laughs> trying to get brunch was good hey you know and she was like yeah yeah let's do it so you know we met up and yeah it was just smooth from there you guys make so so much good music together oh, man it's you, man. it's amazing and i'm sure you guys have like a bright future ahead as well for like future oh, yeah. projects some, right that's some cool things planned you got some cool things planned yeah, yeah. i saw you were you guys were over in that like forest area yeah, right how yeah, was that experience man. Woo, <laughs> man get out in nature y'all for real it's it's nice um it's called the getaway okay um, this is not a paid advertisement okay <laughs> make that clear <laughs> but uh yeah like joyce got hooked up with this this uh this thing with the getaway and it's in Running Springs, California. And uh, you're in this little, like, mini trailer type deal. And you're out in the forest. You know, it's, it's fire. And it's just cool. You know, we had two nights together, a bunk bed. So we all were just, like, in one little cramped up space. And it was just a it was a cool little bonding experience. We just cooked all our food and That's made crazy. music. And, yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. That's dope, man. It, it, like, it must be a, a good break away from, like, the normal process, right, of what you're doing. Yeah, and I wanted, sure. to, I wanted to touch on that for you. Like, how, is, how has been making music in this, like, COVID element for you? Not to sound heartless, but it's been great. It's been great. <laughs> it's okay. just been kind of helping me focus. I feel like with this pandemic, man, um, a lot of people are scared. And it's very easy to fixate 
you're focused on the fear of the uncertainty of the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really easy to be like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. And especially if you're in a situation where your work has been affected. So I want to be sensitive of that mm-hmm. for myself. Um, even though I haven't been able to do shows, it's it's been good just because I've been able to focus more on what I'm trying to do and just like really they take a sip and just be like, okay, what am I doing? You know, so yeah. that's the best part. Um, so it's it's been helpful, you know. I've just been really kind of take care of myself, you know, creatively, physically, spiritually. You know. Is a is the is a rollout process different when you're releasing music just because there's no like live shows and a little bit, but yeah, I I still feel like I haven't dropped a lot of music yet. So it's like mm-hmm. that's the exciting part because I'm just like figuring out clever ways to drop new music because you don't have to drop an album anymore. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? I may never drop an album again. Oh shit! Wait, wait. <laughs> nah. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Send but nah, I mean, you know, you can just drop singles, and I'm learning what's more important these days: visuals. You know, people love a video. You know. Yeah, that's very important. That's true. That's why I, I record on my podcast too. You know what I mean? Nice. Yeah. People like to see while they're watching as well. Yeah, for sure. Which is important for mm-hmm. the whole element of it. But for sure. You touched on this earlier. Um, just the fact of like where music is at right now you really like where it's at right now mm-hmm. um how, how how have you adapted to like the evolution of music and streaming from like this past i don't know cent- decade of the last 10 years well i didn't really start putting music out until 2018 mm. yeah so like i'm still kind of fresh into this thing you know I'm, yeah. i've been learning a lot very quickly but Right. You know, I I can't super much. I I really can't recall when the industry was different. Got you. As far as like being in it. You can't speak to that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see I could talk about it from a consumer aspect. But as far as an actual creator, like, you know, I've I've had conversations with Jazzy Jeff where he'll tell me about like how it used to be. I'm just like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like some of the old heads. Like I had a uh, house shoes on here word. a few weeks ago, and he oh, was breaking word, it, breaking it all down. Shout like out to shoes, man. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to shoes. He's a real <laughs> ass dude. Like, yeah, he's he's funny, man. Tell it how oh, it is. God. Um, do you are you analytical? Like, do you pay attention to the streams and all that? And not really, not compared to a lot of my um uh comrades. Well, actually, no, I won't even say that. I feel like. The the community that I'm a part of, we we're not really focused on that too much. Okay, you know? I would say Joyce is pretty good with that. Um, I'm trying to get better at that. I'm trying to be a little, a little bit more intentional about everything, how I roll things out now. Right. I feel like I haven't been a very good artist. Like I'm good, but I'm like, as far as doing the whole artist thing, I'm still like, okay, let me let me sharpen things up a little bit, you know. Yeah, because I, cause I know there's like a science to it, you know what I mean? Like retention yeah. and like all that stuff. But yeah. at the same time, it's like if you put out good music. That's the, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what kind of rollout you got if the song's whack. <laughs> you know <laughs> Facts, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You could do all the bells and whistles, man. So when you want f- feedback from like a track that you're going to release, like are there certain people that you 
value advice from him on it or like run it by before releasing it? Um, not really. Like once. <laughs> <laughs> You you I mean you got confidence that's good then you just you. I know what I want I know what I like so like once I know once I'm like confident in something I'm like okay yeah this is done here you feel the animals <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. uh but I can look at things from a very musical standpoint and be like okay this is good but sometimes I may need a perspective of someone who's a little bit more business minded or someone who doesn't think in terms you know like, like the way i do so i'll send it to maybe hip-hop um campbell joshua you know good friend of mine i'll send it to him and see what he thinks sometimes or um maybe i'll send it to i mean me and me and my design always playing each other stuff just you know yeah out. but um but we're both like music musicians so right if it's one of those things where I really kind of care about how the general public might feel, then I'll send it to someone who I know is not a musician or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Say, how do you feel about this? And they'll be like, oh, it's cool. And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it just kind of depends. Got you. Um, With the fact that you've been in this since 2018, you're still like a, new to a lot of it. So it's got to be exciting to realize that there's been as much traction as there has been for you in this like short amount of time, right? Yeah, and I have to humble myself. I had a moment where my ego got a little bit puffed up, just a little bit. Really? You know, just because I knew what I was capable of, and I just kind of knew how good my music was, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, from an art artistic standpoint but then sometimes i'm just like you know let me let me say let me see my eyes down like i just i just got here you know what I'm yeah saying? Like, let, me, let me chill so uh like that being on tour will do that you really know what I'm saying? it's like even though like a good amount of people will show up to the shows and show a bunch of love you know sometimes you'll look at someone like uh like what brent fires mm-hmm. who's been doing this for a while now yeah yeah and has put out a lot of great content so it's like even though when it comes to a set of talents you know we differ but he's just been kind of like he's you know he's been doing his thing so it's like i can't really compare you can't compare your journey to anybody's first of all okay like, your journey is totally specific to you so that's hard to do for a lot of people i know i struggle with that personally like mm. Cause there's so many podcasts out there, you know what I mean. It's hard to. <laughs> You'd be like, "Damn, man, Joe Rogan is killing yeah, us." Yeah, right. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna base your success off the top dog. It's not. You're never gonna yeah. be satisfied with that. You know yeah. what I mean. So it, I, it's all about like finding that fine line. Because mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, you're pretty competitive. You know what I mean. You just have a competitive nature. Mm-hmm. So like, is it difficult for you to find that that like fine line and balance between like not being content, but at the same time, like trying to push for more. Um, it's getting easier just cause I'm, I'm thinking more like dates now, you know what I'm saying? Like I've had, I've had a couple of friends die recently mm. and then I've had like a couple of scares in my family, which made me go, okay, time, time is limited. Let me, let me not be too perfectionist right now. Let me get 
the stuff out and just you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyone who's like talking a bunch of smack about other artists and they don't really have anything out, it's like your opinion doesn't really count because you're too scared to like put it out there. Like you got to put yourself out there. Right. Um. So yeah. I hear you, man. And I think that like with the amount of artists that there are out there, especially nowadays, it's a lot easier um, to get your music out there with streaming services and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. So finding that fine fine line is just so important. I just wanted to echo that. Yeah. You mentioned that you were on tour uh, at what point sometime last year, right? Yep. When you were traveling, was it? did you take some time to reflect and just think about like, damn, my music brought me here? And oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I would say it was almost too much reflection. Now I'm like less reflective but now i'm like let's just get let's just do more you know what i'm saying but at a point because it happened so fast i was just like how the heck did this happen you know what yeah. i'm saying like i was just teaching an english class and falling asleep while i'm teaching the lesson you know that's saying? nuts you got a crazy life man like from uh, orlando half, man. You know, i, I can only half. imagine so <laughs> i'm i'm omitting omitting <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough cheers by the way mm. it's, it's, it's sunday yeah, it's I'm a beautiful day I learned the proper way to drink wine the other the other oh, week man. actually. Put me um, on. So there's like a science to everything. The way the glass of is course, formed, of course. the way you drink it, mm -hmm. specifically something for you guys to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, when you take a sip of wine, when it's a white wine, you're supposed to throw your head back a little bit because when you do that, it goes down the center of your tongue, and it matters because of your your uh, taste buds. So mm. if you if you take a sip of wine right now. Mm -hmm. Throw your head back. It's going to taste completely different than when you take a sip and put your head down. When you put your head down, it's going to be a little bit vinegary. Whoa. You hear, you, can you feel that? You yes. taste that? But when you throw your head back, it goes down the center of your uh, taste buds. So I don't, wow. I don't know the whole science of it, but... That's dope, man. I love facts like that. i love little really? things like that yeah i'm really into stuff like that yeah yeah me too Thank so cool. of course bro because after that after i learned that i was like man i've been i've been drinking it wrong the whole time and then when you drink red red wine mm -hmm. you you take a sip and you put your head down because that's the way it's supposed to be drink, drinking i'm sure there's people if they're listening to this like know exactly why but they're like oh you have all the wrong terminology yeah, yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Word. Okay. That's all that matters, you know, the exact, the, the exact reason why you're supposed to do it. Like, This is very useful information for very, my everyday life. Thank you. Very much so. And have you ever noticed that uh, Coke from, from uh, McDonald's is different than... I don't be eating McDonald's. You don't be eating McDonald's? Like, okay. I don't like that. And if I do, I don't be getting so they like that. <laughs> well, you, have you ever had like one of the Coke bottles that are like skinny? Yeah. You Just... By nature, everybody knows that one tastes better for yeah, some reason. For sure. The reason why it tastes better is because the way the bottles form. Like it's the same Coca Cola you're getting, but it's it's like has a skinny tube. Therefore, it goes down your uh your tongue differently. Mm. Just random facts, man. Interesting. <laughs> is there a reason why sodas and cans taste way better than everything? Yeah, actually, it's gotta be another fun fact on that. There's okay. like I forgot what beer company it was, but they patented a certain way their their can is open. Which mm. makes it taste better than other beer companies. I wish I, I wish I knew the the name of the company, but I forgot. Wow. Um, but yeah, the same reason for cans is the way the air path is formed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, take that, 
tell it to a group of people. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually at a party. Like you, know, you, you do, you, 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 you do know that you're supposed to drink this a little. Yeah, just go snob on some people yeah. real quick. Let them know. Um, <laughs> yeah, but going back to your your career. So, you what do you have going on in the near future? Do you have any any releases coming out? September 18th, uh, I'm dropping a new single called Kiss with Alex Isley. Okay. Um, so that should be fun. Uh, I actually made that track while I was in France. Oh. And I just sent over. I sent it over to uh, Kiss to Alex, and she was like, "I love it." Sent me the vocals like the next day, and yeah, you know, so that's coming out. And then yeah, I mean, I got some more stuff in the pipeline. Don't want to say too much yet. So. Okay. If people want to follow your journey, where do they? Where can they find you? Um, on the Instagram, um, I'm I'm Devin J Morrison, uh, Devin with an I, Devin and, with the uh, I, yeah, and Twitter too. You know, I'm not on there as much, but yeah, holla at me there. Yeah, but if people want to find your work, that's where they're gonna find you. Obviously, besides Spotify, yeah, right? Spotify and all that stuff. You know, Bandcamp. Bandcamp. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Well, I'm excited to see to hear the the project that's coming out or the single that's coming out um, mm. on the 18th. And then obviously the rest of your career because you know it you've had you have so much potential and you've been in this i mean you've went to school for this long ago but mm -hmm. like you have been in the music game for only a couple of years now so the sky's the limit for you man, yeah, man. thank you brother of course Appreciate yeah um other than that any last words from you Devin? uh everybody seek the truth always and um you know, wherever that leads you, trust it. I love it. We're going to end on that, ladies and gentlemen. Devin Morrison over here on Ambiance Podcast. God Peace. Bless. That's going to wrap it up for another episode of Ambiance Podcast. If you made it through to the end of the episode, man, you have no idea how much I appreciate that. If you enjoyed the episode, please tell a friend. Um, let us know on social media. We're on Instagram at creative underscore ambiance we're on twitter at collective amb and we're on youtube under ambiance so please 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 hit us up and let us know also we are consistently dropping content on our social media channels um whether it's a podcast or it's the vlogs we got lots of stuff going on in in the near future we have some pretty exciting stuff that we are going to be releasing so make sure to follow us to make sure that you do not miss out so once again, we thank you for tuning in. I hope you walk away with a newfound sense of inspiration, motivation, and growth, and a new idea that you can share with your friends, family, and implement in your own lives. And as always, continue doing what you love, pursue your ambitions, and never, never take no for an answer. This is Levi checking out for Ambiance Podcast. Peace. <laughs>